Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. I am your host, Brett McGrath. Welcome to the Friday episode. Yes, sir. Hopefully everyone has had a good week. Getting ready to let that hair down a little bit, talk some sports cards. I am bringing you a conversation with someone who has been on the podcast before. I got my man Drake at Drake's PC on Instagram on the podcast because he made a purchase that rocked a community that is near and dear to my heart. And we are announcing him as the owner of this card. And I'm excited to call him a friend and someone that is going to bring some knowledge and insight on purchasing cards, making moves, being confident, being first to market. There is so much good stuff in here. If you're a fan of wrestling, even if you're not a fan of wrestling cards, a lot applies. And we set up this conversation to make sure that we could cast a wide net and help people out. If you like what I'm doing over here, hit that subscribe button. Leave a review, would you? Or just tell a damn friend that you're enjoying the Stacking Slabs podcast. Without further ado, let's kick it to the conversation. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the show. I have a repeat guest on the show, uh, several time guests. I got my man, Drake. You know him at Drake's PC on Instagram. This is, we're going to have a fun talk. We got a fun topic, and this is a very, um, there's a very specific reason why I wanted to have Drake on the show and we're going to get into that. But without further ado, how are you, man? Brett, I'm fantastic. Thanks again for having me on. I think this is the fourth time I'm uh, just trying to keep up with Chris Hodge, <laughs> Chris McGill. Um, so I certainly appreciate you having me back on the pod and uh, I'm excited to talk some, talk some sports cards. Yeah, here's a hack out for anyone. If you if you like if you collect Peyton Manning and you collect wrestling cards, you'll probably make and, and you're a somewhat decent human being, you'll probably make an appearance or two on the Stacking Slabs podcast. Uh so I guess before we're gonna talk uh wrestling cards, we're gonna talk about a significant sale. Before we get into wrestling cards and significant sale, it is WrestleMania season. We've got AEW. AEW uh, revolution coming up. There's a lot happening. I feel like really excited about wrestling right now. Just a lot of compelling things going on. What are you most excited about right now? Like what stands out to you from like the products perspective? Man, uh, you know, it's really been the past week or so. I've started to get a little bit of FOMO just thinking of WrestleMania. So, um, you know, where I live in Fort Smith, Arkansas is Dallas is about four and a half hours from me. I'm like, man, that would be an easy trip. And um, I'm just trying to think about it. I'm not saying I'm not going to go down there, but man, I would love to get down there and just the energy and excitement. And it's so close. And, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, there's some huge matches with Reigns and Lesnar. Vince is going to be involved somehow. You hear Stone Cold Steve Austin may be involved. The Undertaker's going into the Hall of Fame. The Rock may show up, you know, on the women's side of things, you've got Charlotte and, Ronda Rousey, Bianca, Becky, there's just a lot of excitement. And then, you know, we see the thing coming with Johnny Knoxville. 
and uh, the Miz and Logan Paul. There's just a lot of excitement around wrestling right now. And it's something we haven't seen in a long time. And I think it's going to be a really big WrestleMania. So I'm certainly excited for that. And then on the AEW side, as we talk every week, um, the product there is just phenomenal. And it just seems like every week there's some big announcement or new name coming in. And with Revolution coming up, there's just a lot of a lot of positive momentum around wrestling right now. And gosh, it's a great time to be a wrestling fan. It is a great time to be a fan. And I will say this, let's just say Panini, if you're looking for two correspondents to uh, hype the uh, prison product that's going to come out and you need some people on the ground at WrestleMania, there's two guys right here. So just give us a shout. Love to do it. That'd be awesome. (laughs) Um, Okay. So The reason why I wanted to have you on, and I think this is the first, this is the reveal. We're coordinating this. uh, I'm actually at work. I'm going through a launch this week. So this is kind of like a launch into the world of a significant wrestling card that was uh, purchased, I guess, first. Like, it seems like months ago at this point. How long ago was this card purchased? Oh, man. it's. I think it's been about three weeks that I purchased it. But, uh, you know, I'll hopefully have it tomorrow so we're recording monday hopefully have it on tuesday and i can't wait it's it's uh it's been a long process to get it you know so i i purchased the card and the uh the owner of the card wanted to send it registered mail um and so they might as well have attached it to a stagecoach through lock and key going on the oregon trail as i like to say to to my pwcc vault (laughs) and uh then i had them ship it to me so we'll hopefully have it in hand by tomorrow if all goes well Okay, we're gonna do. We're gonna talk about what the card is, but you got to educate me. What is this registered mail deal? This is something I'm unfamiliar with. So the USPS has a service, and I think it dates back to a long time ago. But basically, the it follows the path of of the mail or you know the the um, the box or whatever. And so there's a paper trail of if Joe signs for it in Pennsylvania. When he gives it to Bob, Bob has to sign and it's under lock and key the whole time. And so basically, you know exactly where that is, who's touching the mail, things like that, versus when you ship priority or next day or whatever. You can really see that, but you don't know who's touching your package. And if something were to go wrong, um, you know, I think that's that's where you don't really know exactly who may have had it. Sure, there's video cameras and things of that nature. The other thing is, is you can insure registered mail up to $50,000. And so, you know, with higher value items and things like that, I think the seller was more comfortable sending it that way, which is fine. I mean, it's not a card I'm trying to flip, obviously. So I'm trying to be as patient as possible, but man, I'm excited. So let's get into the card itself. You said about three weeks, it seems like three months because the sale of this card I think things were were bubbling for a little while in the modern wrestling card front, especially around, you know, serial numbered shiny cards, uh, cards that we collect. But it seems like post this sale, it sent a shockwave throughout the wrestling card and ancillary communities where people are like saying, wow, wrestling cards have arrived, are arriving. And my inbox has been flooded with questions. I've seen so many sales. So the card that you purchased was the 2014 Topps Chrome Roman Reigns Super Fractor one of one autograph. And it's PSA 10, right? PSA 10. Yeah. <laughs> P- PSA 10, um, which was 
the card's going to get people to talk just because of the significance of the the product, the performer, and then the the value on the side on the other end of it. We were in communication throughout this process. There are a couple things that I want to dig into about you, like making the deal happen. I think before we start, like congratulations, this card is incredible. Anybody who collect wrestling and Roman Reigns and even not Roman Reigns, I think would love to have this card. Uh, maybe share the story, just like share like your mindset, what went into it, and then we'll just dig into it a little bit. Yeah, so I'll start with, and I think we'll go back to your guest on the pod last week, Jameson. So he had mentioned that he saw the card out there with the big price tag. And a lot of times on eBay, you maybe a card you want, but there's a huge price tag and attached to it. You may say, well, gosh, you know, that's about four or five times more than I want to pay for it. So I'm just not even going to make an offer or mess with it. It's, it's not even worth my time. And you just kind of move on. And so that was a card I had seen a while back and, you know, you're still buying other wrestling cards, or at least I was. And as you're going and you're, you're seeing the cards that you like, you're liking your collection, you're seeing other sales, other people are getting excited about wrestling cards. And then all of a sudden, what really put it over the top for me was I saw the Jason Dominguez super fractor one of one sale. And, you know, I know that wrestling and baseball are totally different markets. But Jason Dominguez has not played in Major League Baseball. He hasn't really done anything. Yeah, he's a huge prospect. And I saw that sell for $475,000. And I'm thinking, how many 1933 Gaudi Roofs, Babe Roofs, could you get for that price? And what does this guy have to do to live up to that billing? And you look across the other sports and you just see what some of these people are paying insane amounts of money for the RPAs of prospects. And us being in the wrestling game and all that kind of stuff, I just looked at that card and I'm like, man, 2014 Topps Chrome is a significant set. Um, with the license moving from Topps to Panini, there's only going to be four Topps Chrome sets that are out there. And as we know in other sports, in basketball, 96 Topps Chrome is significant. Uh, 2003 Topps Chrome is significant. 2003 Exquisite is significant. Playoff contenders for us as Manning fans, 1998 is very significant. So you start looking at it, you go, man, um, this guy's got a huge price tag on it. But looking at Roman Reigns as just a fan of wrestling, a fan of, of Roman himself, you know, I felt like that card was one that needed to be, first of all, in a wrestling collector's collection. But from a significant wrestler who's been probably the biggest star that WWE, biggest male star that WWE has put out over the last eight to 10 years from a set that I believe will be very significant in growing up in the top scrum era uh, before the move to Panini. I thought there's got to be a way that I, I have to find a way to get this card into my collection. And so that's when I first reached out to the seller and he had kind of told me what some of the offers were. And um, I said, well, you know, what's the best you would do? And of course he told me the price and I thought, I thought about it. I talked to you. I talked to our friend Joey, the e-trader, and was just bouncing some ideas off. Like, what do you think? Uh, you know, is this is this stupid of me? Because a lot of times with wrestling cards, and same thing with Peyton Manning, as I told you guys, I get those rose-colored glasses on. And it's tough to – so as we've met, talked about before in previous podcasts, it's great to have uh, a network of friends that you can trust to kind of bounce the ideas off. 
to just make sure you're not totally crazy. Um, you know, with the amount of money we spend on sports cars, we're, we're a little bit crazy, I think. Just just ask our wives. But sometimes sometimes you have to prove to yourself that you're not totally crazy. And so, yeah, so that's uh, that's kind of the long story about going in, reaching out to the seller. He understood that I was a collector. I'm not trying to flip the car or anything like that. Uh, he, he gave me a number. I figured out, hey, let's do it. And, you know, in true collector fashion, as soon as I clicked submit on the offer, um, I immediately went to my personal collection and figured out, okay, what do I got to sell to make up that difference? <laughs> That's what I did. There, there's so much you said there. I think the one thing I want to hit back on is just this element that Jameson talked about in last week. And I even commented on it. And I think you messaged me and you said, hey, I am considering purchasing this card for this price. Am I crazy? And that I think that was like the message you sent me. And when I saw the message, I thought to myself, really? Like he's, he's going to sell it for that price because the price that he, the seller had listed on eBay was, it scared me away. It was, it scared Jameson away. It was like, if this is nowhere in the hemisphere of what, I would pay. So I'm just going to, I think he's probably just putting it out there as like a, to show off his card, which is an incredible card. And that's fine. People do that. But I think the story here for me was you took the initiative to start the conversation, ask the questions. And oftentimes in the hobby, we just, we see a, a price of something and just it's, we're scared away by it. But like with a card like this, that's never been sold before. And unless you're going to sell it, we'll never be sold again. Like we just don't know unless we take the time to reach out and have a conversation. So like, I just wanted to like highlight that because that ultimately led you to a negotiation or whatever, and then led you to this card. And I think that's important to call out for the hobby. Yeah, for sure. And as we've talked before, I think that relationships are everything. And even if it's a seller on a platform like an eBay that doesn't have a social media account, you know, I, as far as I know, this guy doesn't have an Instagram card page or, you know, anything like that. Um, and so it's good just to build that connection and really explain the why you want something and, you know, just have them learn so that they're comfortable with the sale. And then, of course, get the validation from your friends in the hobby. And then it's also good to kind of do do your own research on the card as well. So. Um, you know, there's sites like Blowout get a lot of flack and they're, you know, I think they're, they kind of lost their place in the sun that they once were, but I was able to go back and see some old thread posts about the card, um, you know, back when it was transacted back in the 2014, 2015 timeframe. Um, and it was pretty neat because I did, then I was able to go to the owner and say, Hey, were you the guy that bought it back in 2015? Um, and he said, yes. And, uh, so I also told him congratulations on a great high. <laughs> Yeah, you think uh, we've been saying we thought wrestling cards were cheap and you go back and you share that link with me. And I was just like, my jaw hit the ground. But it, it, it tells you, like, if, you, if there's something that you like and you love just at the time, if it's not thousands or tens of thousands of dollars, doesn't mean it can't be down the road. Just follow your instinct and intuition in the seller. That's what they did and ended up getting rewarded. However many headlining WrestleManias and Roman Reigns progressing later. It's just like, I have belief in this card and this guy, and he ended up making a nice penny off of it. 
No, for sure. And I think that's the point is that just the validation. And I think that's what we've seen in wrestling cards. And we're really seeing it come to fruition now as we, we looked at these things, you know, way back when, and we're like, man, we're big wrestling fans and collectors and it's a global brand and it's huge following and all that kind of stuff. And you see what's going on in the F1 and the UFC markets, which are also global. Um, and, you know, I, we're obviously not buying to resell. We're buying because we're collectors and we enjoy the sport and stuff like that. But you kind of take in this, well, why not us mentality? You know, like, why can't wrestling be collected? You see all these events and there's tens of thousands of people that go there and spend, you know, $30 on a cheap T-shirt that's going to fade in a couple months. You know, at the time you can buy gold refractors for 30 bucks and there's only 50 of them. It just seemed like a no brainer. So I want to get into the card specifically, but before I do, you talked about uh, you, you, you hit buy it now or accept whatever you did. And then you said the next thing you did was, all right, let me go figure out in my PC, what cards I want to get rid of in order to like cover the cost of this buy, which I, I, I talked about it a lot. Just we have so much equity in our own PC and like sometimes like, especially like us as collectors, it's hard to like flip the mentality and say, okay, well, like I, maybe I just sell some of these cards that I never thought I would sell to get a bigger and better card that I never thought I could afford. So talk a little bit about that process that you went through to like, look at your PC, take all the cards out. Like, I think that's hearing from you and just the process you went through would be, would be valuable. Yeah. So the uh, first thing I'll say is it's tough for me to sell. I don't sell much. Um, it's easier for me to trade if I'm moving into a different card of a player and things like that. And, um, and it, it, it's a lot easier to hit buy it now or an offer on eBay than it is to set it up and sell and things like that. So you know, it, just as I got comfortable with other things in the hobby, you know, I reached out. Uh, we're good friends with Nick, the Worf Sports Cards. And so kind of asked you about that experience and, of course, knew from Nick and heard from him and things of that nature. And so, um, you know, I first decided I wanted to send my, my cards on consignment to Nick. And then I pulled everything out and I'm like, OK, what what do I have? And I, and I made a list. I've got it sitting right back over here. And I would just you know, write down the card and look at the value. And I'm like building up to that number that I paid for the Roman Reigns Superfractor. Well, one of the cards that I had that I felt I didn't really need anymore because I had that card was the 2014 Roman Reigns Refractor out of 50 um, that was signed, BGS9 um, and, and things like that. And I'm like, well, I've got the Superfractor now. So why do I need this, you know, this card? Phenomenal card in and of itself. Um, you know, I'm excited for the buyer of that card. It's a great card, but that was just one I felt could let go. And then as I'm going through my other cards, I'm thinking, okay, well, what, what's a card that if I let go from my collection, you know, I'm not going to be disappointed that I don't have it anymore. And maybe if someday I want to get it back, I can get it back. That's kind of the process that I went through to get up to that number. And, you know, I sent that, sent that into auction and I'm watching all those cards and they ended on a Thursday night and I'm sitting there just looking at them and sweating bullets like any seller and things like that because you're you're wanting to achieve the goal that you you know you set and it actually came very close to the number that I was hoping for so I was very pleased with that process and uh you know if anybody hasn't used Nick before I'll certainly give Nick a plug on the show so just on uh, one thing that I didn't understand until like I don't know the last year it's been and I I I have my reasons but I would love to hear yours cuz some people don't necessarily understand consignment and why would I just, why would I send it to a consigner when I do it, when I could just do it myself, maybe like share some mentality on like why you went with Nick and Worf just to like 
go through this process because I, I think it's it's important to talk about these sorts of things. Yeah. So just uh, just yesterday, I was actually with my nine year old son, and he's got a little card collection, and he's trying to raise some money for a, a purchase he wants to make. And so he was pulling cards out of his collection, and he was like, "I think I want to keep this one. I want to sell this, and all this." So I get those cards, and I'm taking pictures. Um, and I'm having to get the right light and angles and flip it. And then you go to, you know, sell it up on eBay and I'm not a big eBay seller. So, I mean, my feedback's like in the two hundreds or whatever. So I'm not going to get the eyeballs on it first and foremost and putting it on my slabs and you have to crop it and get, put all the information in there. And uh, I mean, great sites, my slabs, I love the guys that are behind that site, but it's just, it's not a painless process. I guess I'll say, you know, it takes time. And when you're, you know, when you've got a, a job that takes time and family activities that takes time and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's a lot easier to, you know, just like I said, make a spreadsheet of your cards with the value that you're hoping for. If you're trying to use that money to fund a purchase, um, you know, look at, look at Nick, his payout rates are really good. Um, you know, starts out at, at 86%. And I think as a eBay seller, if I sell it, I'm probably going to get around that same amount. Um, and so, uh, you know, you package those up, ship them to Nick and his team there at Wharf, and they they take phenomenal photos of the cards, much better than I do. There's no shadows over them of me like holding my cell phone that you know that there's a shadow on the card. They uh, they list the card. Um, you know, he's going to get all the eyeballs, a whole heck of a lot more eyeballs on his listings than I would. Um, you know, and then and then they sell, and then you always hear about you know there's buyers that don't pay and and things of that nature, and if. If that happens, then you know that he he's the one that's dealing with that versus me because I've got a whole lot of other stuff that's going on. And uh, you know, once once the uh, the item's paid for, I think within like 24 hours, he you know sent it over to the bank account. So I mean, it's very instant, happens fast. It's uh, it's a lot less painful, I guess, than the selling process on your own. And uh, it's kind of funny because after I kind of did that that first time, I I'm now I'm looking again because there's another card I'm hoping to buy, and I'm going, man, I'm ready to like ship some more cards, you know, just as exciting it is, as you're like waiting in an auction, waiting on one to end, and you want to hit that snipe or hope you win, you get that adrenaline rush, man, it's exciting on the selling side of things too, to watch those cards as they end. And you're like, yes, you know. I totally agree. And I I definitely, uh, going through consignment, going through Nick and Morph has definitely changed my mentality. And what I've learned is just like, the more activity you have on the sales side, it kind of, it begins to open doors on bigger and better cards that pop up and having the confidence of just buying them and then figuring it out um, on the other side. Let's talk about, man, there's so much to talk about with shiny wrestling cards. Let's start with 2014 tops Chrome. I view it as if you're lasered in and you're thinking about wrestling, I view it in this and you can tell me if this is not right or if you think about it differently, but I really view it from the same lens as how people view 2012 prism in basketball and football where 2014 tops chrome is the is kind of the modern product of our all modern products and then the parallels kind of follow much like they follow in prism so i'm calling that out from the top just so people who don't collect wrestling or collect other sports might understand the significance and i don't know if we share in that sentiment but maybe like add some thoughts on 2014 chrome wwe tops chrome and what you think about it 
Yeah, you know, we, um, it, as I kind of mentioned previously, the 96 Tops Chrome is significant in basketball. And, you know, 2012 is significant for, for 2012 Prism is significant in football and basketball as, as well, too. And so you go to look at that 2014 Tops Chrome set. And as you go through, some of the performers that are in there are all time greats. And, you know, you take a look at the, the Rock and his Gold Refractor, for example. That's his only wrestling shot Gold Refractor that's out there. Um, and so I think that makes that card significant. The 2015 and 2020 are, are great cards. Um, I certainly have those both as well, too. But, you know, 2015, he's got the iconic pose with the arm in the air, which is great. And then the 2020, he's kind of, you know, standing there in the muscle shirt, um, you know, that whole sort of stuff. So it's neat how, uh, you know, the 2014 has got him in the wrestling pose. And then you've got uh, someone like a John Cena, and that's his first gold refractor. And, you know, go back to The Rock, that's his first gold refractor. And so there's just a lot of, first and a lot of things to like about that set. But then you go to the autographs um, and the autograph checklist on the 2014 Top Scrum WWE is pretty short. So like John Cena doesn't have an autograph. Obviously The Rock doesn't, Hulk Hogan doesn't have an autograph in 2014. Think of those big performers. Um, and you look down the list and you see Roman Reigns and I, I mean, gosh, he just stands out like a lighthouse um, as far as like, man, this is, this guy's the, you know, the most significant performer of the last eight to 10 years, uh, number one, but then number two, he's the best autograph in the set from the first set of the tops product for them. So it just, it just has all the makings of a, something that you've got to have in your collection as a wrestling fan. So, um, Roman Reigns for anyone who is, I'm trying to talk through this because I think it's important. Like this is about wrestling, but I don't think it, it's exclusive to wrestling. If you had to think about Roman Reigns and think about maybe just like across other segments of what people collect, do you have a comp for Roman Reigns? Like maybe just you don't even need to take dollar values into consider. You can if you want, but like who would you comp Roman Reigns to in like one of the major sports in terms of like, what they've done, achieved, or like popularity or uh, upside. Yep. It's funny you mentioned that because I've, I've been thinking about that just, and that was part of what kind of went into my buys. You know, I, I kind of went through and you, we'll just take basketball. And, you know, Michael Jordan was huge for so long. And he was the guy in the NBA, the late 80s, the 90s, <clears throat> early 2000s. There was kind of that break. Um, and then you have a guy, LeBron James, who comes in and then it, he kind of stutter steps for a little while. And then all of a sudden he, he kind of took off really big and he's really the guy, you know, modern folks look at. So like, you know, folks like you and I will go back and we'll see Michael Jordan and then that transition to LeBron. And I think you, you know, you look at it and you had the rock in the late nineties and then the early two thousands. And one of the things that rock did well is he came in and he was a heel or a bad guy to begin with. And then he kind of made that transition to a baby face and he did several different roles very well and phenomenal on the mic and, and things of that nature. And then you get to Roman and he comes in as part of the shield and then they kind of have their little breakup and then he's still the good guy and all that. And then he's got this new character. And I think that's just elevated his game really to the next level. And so I think going from rock to Roman, um, really to answer your question, I'd really see it as like an MJ to LeBron comparison. Because when LeBron came in, I mean, yeah, he was a hype star out of high school and all that kind of stuff, but he didn't have great success for a long time. And all of a sudden, you know, he, he changes teams, such as Roman changes character. And the next thing you know, boom, explodes. And is, in, in my opinion, he, I think he's the greatest 
modern superstar of the past eight to 10 years on the male side of things. And, you know, he's not super young, but he's not old either. So as we know with wrestlers, they, they tend to stick around for a long time. Uh, and so I think just as, as, as LeBron has been around and has that longevity, I certainly see Roman being a, a big star for the next five to 10 plus years in the WWE. What I like about the LeBron comp, and, and I was trying to visualize it in my head as you were talking through it. It's kind of funny now that I'm thinking about this. So like Roman Shield, LeBron Cavs, and part of that as kind of good guy, break away from Shield, never could really get over the hump. Then when LeBron took his talents to South Beach, he was the biggest heel in the NBA. However, he won championships. And so I'm, I see that with the, this Roman Reigns character where it's almost like LeBron going to Miami. That's where we're at in this Roman Reigns life cycle, where if you think if you rewind the tape and you think about LeBron on the heat, it, it seems like forever ago. And think about all that has happened since. If that's a comparison, then I think like it's a good one. And Roman Reigns still has a lot of time left to headline another three, four, five WrestleManias, grab the title several more times. Um, it just, I think the Vince and the WWE and that machine have a lot of confidence and are going to continue to put him at the top of the bill any way they can. Oh, for sure. I mean, there's so much that they can do with him. And, you know, you just think about him facing Brock Lesnar at mania this year and and you know regardless of who wins it it seems pretty obvious that next year in los angeles and wrestlemania 39 that roman's going to face off against the rock and you know that's going to get a lot of eyeballs with with the bloodline comparison with uh, the family connection and things of that nature and and you know i just i, I certainly agree with your comparison that's kind of why kind of why the way i was thinking and you know you look at it now too and there's a lot of kids, you know, wrestling appeals more to kids now. There's not, it's not as raunchy and graphic as it used to be when, when, when we watched it, but you know, you got to think these kids are going to grow up and get older. And as with Panini having the license and fanatics coming in with whatever is going to happen with that down the road, assuming the hobby continues to grow. And as these kids and young teenagers and stuff get older, you know, with access to cards they have now, then they'll start looking back and they'll say, man, you know, when I was younger, I really liked that Roman Reigns guy. Same way we think of as The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin. And, well, I wonder if he has any cards. Well, let's go find his cards. And, uh, you know, certainly think it's like we've seen with other sports. You look back and um, everybody kind of gravitates to that first significant set. And Topps Chrome just has that name and brand recognition behind it. No doubt. This sale was significant, obviously. Probably the most significant sale in modern wrestling card history. This wasn't just like, a, there, there has been a lot of buildup to this point. You and I have been chatting about cards we've been buying for a long time and operating in somewhat isolation, I would say, on this front. There are other people and we brought them in and talked to them along the way. But I think what stands out to me is these tentpole sales. When, and I would love to hear your thoughts. When this sale went through, there was a r- ripple effect through Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, everywhere you go, you went. And then just, it seems like every day or every other day, there is just big sales going down in the modern wrestling card front. So it's like, to me, it takes one of these sales in whatever segment you're collecting, where I said to you, I think I said, man, like you, after seeing what's happened over the past like few weeks, like you should feel really good about 
what you bought that card for just based on what the market's doing right now. Like, did you anticipate your sale to result in all this madness or did you not think about this? It wasn't really something I thought about initially, I think, until I bought the card. Um, And then I then I saw a couple of resulting sales and I'm thinking, oh, man, you know, it's not it's not our little secret anymore. And, um, you know, it's 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 kind of a catch 22 scenario. Right. Because you make that that purchase and that automatically raises the visibility and and what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say the respect, but like what credibility. Yeah. Yeah. Credibility. That's what I was looking for, you know, has in the hobby. And so it automatically raises the the value of your collection that you already have built, um, which is great too. But then now that that's happened and people see these insane price increases and people got into these cards really cheap, whether it was a year ago, three years ago, five, six years ago, whatever, all of a sudden, like with any market, they say, well, shoot, you know, like I'd be stupid not to take my profits and move on to something else. And so then you see these other awesome cards that come to market and they're a heck of a lot more expensive than they used to be. And so it's not as easy to make those buys uh, for your collection as it used to be. And so, you know, I think it's kind of a twofold thing because then you get a lot of those old, older wrestling collectors that are frustrated because they can't buy their cheap wrestling cards anymore um, because they're certainly they're getting a whole lot more expensive. Um, but at the same time too, I think it's, it's great for the hobby. And I think it's great for the, the long-term of, you know, an emerging market like wrestling cards. I, I like it and agree with everything you said. I would say though, for me, I appreciate the sale, obviously, because we get to create content and talk about it. And I could probably be like, hey, Drake, let me see a picture of that beauty again. But the benefit of it for me as a buyer in this space is that I am seeing cards that I've never seen before and getting an at-bat at cards I've never seen any before because some people you know, bought these cards you know, five, seven years ago and they're so up on them. They're all having those moments of like, yeah, it's it's time to get out of this while the market's hot because you know we believe that this is only the beginning and more. It's my mentality is like not a to the moon mentality, but I do think that modern wrestling cards, especially rare and scarce, were so underappreciated for so long that now it's getting to the level of okay, like this is what I should be paying for something like this, as opposed to you know six months ago where it was like I literally felt like I was stealing like. It was like, I, I just fill up my cart, buy it. And then, you know, I'd, you know, a few hundred dollars later, I'd get these cards and I'd be like, I would have paid triple for these. So I just think it's a little bit of a balancing act, but if you're a, if you're a collector and you love to see cards that you've never seen before, like in the modern wrestling space, like now is the time because people are listing them and I like auctions more and I'm sure you do too. And even if it's something I'm not going after, they're sure as hell fun to watch at this point. But the community, everyone's cheering each other on. And I just love it. It's just a fun space to be in right now. Oh, it's great. I mean, there's there's no other community like the wrestling card community. And, uh, you know, just, just, just to give another plug to Nick at the Wharf Sports Cards, you know, he had a, after a sale of one of your cards and then a sale of one of mine, you know, he made this post and just talking about, you know, how great the wrestling card community is and how helpful people are. And how the growth has been really organic, and you don't see that sometimes in certain markets. And I think that's that's great to see, and I think it speaks a lot to the wrestling card community, where people are keeping an eye out, and you know they want to help each other, and 
you know, when somebody makes a big, big purchase or a big sale or something like that, people are congratulating, you know, they're not stepping on each other's, you know, toes and, and being, uh, I don't know, being mean or ridiculing or something like that. It's just, uh, it's a lot of positivity in the community. And it's, it's certainly great to see that as well. I'd love for you to maybe offer any advice to anyone who's like, cause I, I, I know you get messages. I get messages too, about people like who are stepping in for the first time, trying to figure it out. But before I like kind of tee that over to you to just like what advice you give, I, I, I do want to say like this, cause I think this is really important is that you and I, in our interactions, when it comes to the cards we buy, yes, we want these cards to go up in value and when we were buying cards, we believed that we were buying them low and they were going to go up in value. But like our relate relationship with these cards and what we're buying is purely based on like our connection with the characters, right? Like last night you sent me a Seth Rollins out of five red tops, Chrome refractor from 2020. And you're like, Hey, check this out. It'll be there. I don't know if this will be here there in the morning. And I woke up cause my daughter woke up last night and saw you messaged me that you sent that to me because you know I collect Seth Rollins. And so I bought that card and for a pretty good price that I thought. And it was, it's we're buying these cards because we just like these guys. It's not necessarily because we want to go sell them and profit off of them, maybe sometime down the road. But I think that's important to call out. And that would be my advice to anyone who's stepping in. And I'd love to hear maybe you comment on that and then offer advice that you got, you got to have a connection. You got to give, you got to care about wrestling. You, you got buy buy with kind of your your head and your heart and just you know end up the more you lean into like buying cards of guys that you watch and are fans of or remember from the past like the more fun you're going to have and the longer you're going to stay in the segment oh for sure and i think it just really goes back to the community aspect of it so you you and i are friends obviously and, and like it, like you said i know you collect seth rollins so I saw the card last night and I'm like, wow, that's a great price. I could buy that. And, you know, someday down the line, I could sell it for more than I paid for it. But that's, I mean, that's not me. That's not who I am. I, you're the Seth Rollins collector. And so I wanted you to have that card. Um, was just hoping that you didn't miss it. And there's people that, that have done that with me as well, too. Um, like, for example, the, the, the guy that I got the John Cena Transcendent Superfractor from, I mean, he's constantly sending me Cena cards like, hey, do you have this? Do you want this? Um, you know, with the Vince McMahon superfractor that I have as well, too. People send me Vince cards all the time. And so I think it's just great that that they see that, they know what you have, they know what you collect. And so it's easy to, you know, kind of have that community there where people are helping each other acquire cards that they want to have. And so that's the first thing I'll say. The next thing is, is, is absolutely it's uh you've got to have a connection to that character. So um there's a, there's someone uh Justin, um, his Instagram name is Vol in North Carolina Cards, and he had reached out to me and he'd like, "Hey, you know, love Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like, where do I start?" Right? What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. And that's the bottom line. <laughs> and so, anyways, and so I kind of told him, I'm, I was like, "Hey, look, here's here's the cards that he has. You know, you want to go after the shiny and numbered and things like that. Yeah, he's got the Cardinal Trivia card, and he's got the the Chromie where he's stunning Steve, and he's he's got the WCW card and things like that. But you know, here's a card I think you would like, liking Stone Cold Steve Austin. And as we've talked before, we're big fans of the Five Timers Club." And so he goes on eBay and he's like, Hey, I, you know, I see this stone cold five timers club and, you know, he's got the jacket and he's got the old, you know, world heavyweight title across his shoulder. 
Um, I think I like this. What do you think? And I said, look, Justin, I've been eyeing that card for a long time. And if you don't buy it, I'm going to buy it. <laughs> and it wasn't a pressure for him to buy or anything like that. But I just, I, you know, he wanted a Stone Cold Steve Austin. And so he buys it and he gets it in. And now he's instantly hooked. And he's like, I've got to find an autograph. Like, what autograph do I get? Where do I go? And that's when I directed them to the Tops Transcendent um, and things like that. So he has a connection to that character. And so I think you've got to look back on that. And so whether you, you know, were a, an 80s, 90s kid that grew up with, you know, folks like Brett Hitman Hart and Shawn Michaels and Hulk Hogan and The Undertaker and The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know, just to name a few, figure out who it is that you have that nostalgic connection to, and then figure out what cards they have that you like. Um, and as we preach on here all the time, rarity and scarcity are, are big. And you and I like the shiny cards. And if you're, you know, more recently into the wrestling game, then figure out who it is that you like now, whether it's a Roman Reigns or a Seth Rollins or a Dean Ambrose or Brian Danielson or, you know, name your favorite wrestler. And the, the fact that the women have gotten big lately too, um, the Charlottes and the Becky Lynches and Sasha Banks and those folks, I mean, they've got some phenomenal cards and many of those are very limited. And you look at them comparatively to other markets and they're still relatively uh, cheap, I guess we'll say. And so, you know, just look for that and certainly be afraid to not, don't be afraid to reach out. There's several uh, wrestling card communities on Facebook, um, several folks with, you know, within social media that have a whole heck of a lot more experience in wrestling cards and understand it a lot better than, than even you and I do. Uh, but don't be afraid, you know, I'll speak for you, Brad. I think if anybody's you know interested in wrestling cards or wants help to get started, certainly feel free to reach out to one of us. And I think we're always happy to help. 100%. I would imagine by the time this episode goes live, you will have that card posted on your page. So everyone go check out the beauty that Drake bought what after you buy i guess let's close out with this after you buy something this significant in the modern wrestling card space the whole it's a it's a holy grail like that is a holy grail like what what's next for you like what's your mentality now because i know you and you're not done buying you're 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 trying to maneuver like you don't need to be specific and tell us what you're after but like have you like what what's your approach like what's your mentality now yeah, so it, it's kind of funny you mentioned that. I was saying about that the other day because when you know when I bought the Vince McMahon Tops Transcendent Superfractor, it got a lot of publicity around oh, the highest modern you know raw wrestling card sale, and you know I love that card. I was just looking at it yesterday, in fact, and so then I go buy the Roman Reigns, and now it's the highest modern graded wrestling card sale, you know. And so now I'm just kind of looking around. I'm like, shoot, you know, well, what's next? Um, you know, I I would love for a uh, a rock tops chrome superfractor to, to hit hit you know that 2014 or 2015. I don't know if I could afford it now. Um, thanks a lot, Drake. But um, <laughs> but 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 would sure love to for for something like that to hit. You know, just as a as someone who has that connection to the rock, I certainly love you know that card and 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 that whole sort of thing. But really, I think what's next for me is I'm excited for the Prism release. I'm excited to see what's to come with that. You know, I think one of the things we like about the tops product is. You know, they actually signed on the card. Um, and I think it was Ricochet maybe posted on social media the other day where he was signing stickers. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of disappointing, but that's what, you know, typically with Panini, unless it's a higher end product, that's, you know, you're going to get the sticker. So um, I'm just excited to see what the Prism product looks like. And I'm, I definitely want to get my hands on, uh, on some product if I can. 
I would certainly love to rip that. And man, like when I think we've talked about this before, how how awesome would that be? I don't think it's going to be out in time, but to be in Dallas, just ripping boxes of prison on WrestleMania weekend, that would be unbelievable. Um, so probably not going to happen, but hopefully soon after we can get that product. But yeah, so that's what's next for me. I'll tell you what, you, I know you and I will be sitting there refreshing our eBay gold prism, WWE gold prism listings and probably spending way too much money when stuff pops right away. That's kind of what we do and what we did with Chrome and what we'll continue to do. But Drake, thank you for sharing the story of your badass sale, your amazing card. We'll be talking more about modern wrestling. So also too, disclaimer, if you see Drake's Vince McMahon, transcendent super fractor on eBay, he's not selling it. It's the card that keeps appearing. Yes, it appears almost daily and I get sent to me all the time and immediately go to eBay and report it. And I'm sure other people are too, but uh, yeah, it seems to be a very popular card uh, that comes up for sale. It should, because the scammers or whoever are after it, it should give you confidence that you ended up buying a good card, a card that's uh, good enough to go uh, have someone try to commit some fraud with. Oh, absolutely. That certainly is another reason for some uh, validation. Hey, and one other thing I will say is I'm actually, uh, is I will be in Dallas, uh, I believe when this episode drops on Friday at the Dallas Card Show. So uh, if you're around, if you've got some wrestling cards, I would love to see them. Um, certainly feel free to say hi if you see me. Go find Drake at the Dallas Card Show. And if you got wrestling cards out there, definitely report back. Drake, thank you so much. And we'll talk to you soon, buddy. Hey, Brett, thank you. And thanks for being the head of the wrestling table. That Roman Reigns Superfractor is a banger. I want to thank Drake for coming on the show to make the announcement to share some insight and knowledge. Go check out his page on Instagram at Drake's PC. Thank you so much for listening to the Stacking Slash podcast. I do appreciate you. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the hobby. Make it count. We'll be back with more stacking slabs like we always are next week. Peace out. Take care. <laughs>